Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. I remember um, one day, a friend of mine, when I was in studying in the UK, um, bumped into me crying intensely and singing um, love songs to God. You know, just in that way, like he was a lover and and the person was wondering what's going on. And the person said to me, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm talking to God. He's like, hmm, how do you relate to God like that? You're singing love songs to him. You mean God the Father? You're relating to him like that? I'm like, yes. And more than that also, God... So this message kind of like is just to inspire us to experience God in in a maybe a different dimension that we do not see him. And it's a desire for the Father that each and every one of us walks intimately with him, you know. He enjoys to have intimate relationship and fellowship with man. And that's his desire. In fact, if you ask and say, oh, why were you created? A lot of people say, oh, we're created to worship God. We're created to fulfill our purpose. But aside that, we were created. Man was created. One of the reasons or the main highest reason man was created is to have communion with the Father, to have communion fellowship with the Father. And it's a daily work. It's a daily intimacy of unbroken communion and fellowship. That is the Father's desire. That is the Father's goal, you know, in creating man. That two of you can walk together intimately. And what is intimacy in this context? Intimacy refers to knowing someone deeply, right? Or connecting to someone deeply. And it's a two-way thing. So when you say you, two people are in an intimate relationship, means that they both connect on a deeper level. And someone that doesn't know you so deeply connects to you on a surface level. So you can say that's superficial, right? And so God desires an intimate relationship and connection with man. And it's a two-way thing. So intimacy comes with a level of openness and vulnerability and trust. That is what fuels intimacy. Openness, vulnerability and trust. And so that's why the Bible says in James 4 verse 18, and it says, draw, 4 verse 8, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Right? So it's a two-way thing. It's a two-way relationship. You draw near and I'll draw near to you. And one of the things that um, destabilizes intimacy is trust. When a trust is broken, or when um, an expectation is not met in a relationship. So whether it's um, maybe, let's say, a husband and wife, and there's this trust. So you can begin to hear things like, I feel distant with this person. I feel disconnected to this person because there is a lack of intimacy. And it's interesting to note that two people can be in close proximity and still lack intimacy, right? You can be in the same house with someone and still lack intimacy, like a husband and wife. And so also, you can actually be in church. You can be in close proximity with God. You can go to all the revival meetings, worship, Bible knowledge, 
and you don't know God intimately. Neither does he know you intimately. So you can be in this gathering and you don't even know God intimately. And his desire, each generation, God is looking beyond the worship, beyond um, the revival meetings, beyond the Bible knowledge. God is looking for men who would work with him intimately in a day-to-day -day fellowship. He's looking, even in, in this church service, he's looking for men whose hearts race after him, right? Who want to work with him, who want to know him deeply. And also, he opens up himself to, to those people who want to know him intimately. God also has that love side where he opens up, you know. And so trust trust is a major issue and why I say this is because um, a lot of people feel that so there are a lot of things that kill intimacy and obviously and what I feel like what the enemy is after if there's anything the enemy is after his enemy the enemy is after your intimacy with God he wants to break that communion because he knows that is in that place of intimacy you are in sync with the Father. It's in that place of intimacy you live out your best life. You know, there's a song that says, um, I am unfulfilled without com full communion. The enemy knows that in that state of intimacy with the Father, if he can break that intimacy, then he can disconnect man and he can make you distant and he can bring about all the brokenness we face. But it's in the place of intimacy we get our true self, our true nature. And so that's why intimacy should be placed as the highest priority in all our goings in life. Your intimacy, your fellowship, your communion with the Father shouldn't be joked about. And that is what the enemy is after. Whether it's, uh, whether it's true sin or whatever, but he's after breaking your communion with the Father. And... Um, but even the sin issue, it's not even a sin problem. It's a trust problem. That's how I see it. Because in um, John 14, 21. John 14, 21. God said that if you love me, you keep my commandments, yeah? And I would come and, you know abide with you and manifest and reveal myself and reveal myself to you so it takes trust for you to understand that even what the father said is out of love right even the commandments of god is out of love it's it's like a protection for you and that's why you won't struggle when you have that concept of god the father and his love for you you won't struggle to keep God's commandment because you understand that it's out of love. When God said, don't do this, it's out of his love for you. He's trying to protect you, right? Because he understands that when these things happen, the devil can take advantage and use that to hurt you. Take, for example, even in, in, when the Bible talks about the bed being undefiled, the Bible is trying to protect the woman also. It's trying to protect you. Because he knows when that happens, there's a lack of trust, there's fear, there's insecurity that comes up. So God did his commandments out of love for mankind. 
So, but do you trust him enough that this is out of love? Do you trust him enough? Because you hear a lot of people say that God is trying to stop you from enjoying and all that. And they don't realize that, no, he's not trying to stop you from enjoying. He's actually, he put these commandments to protect mankind. That's why he set them and put them out there. And if you look at even um, Adam, let's read it um, in the beginning. Let's read Genesis um, 3 verse 8. And this just to show you that God loves communion with man. And Adam and God, I believe, had such a relationship where God would come down and have communion and fellowship. Someone said it um, in this church that, I think it was Pastor Chintok that was speaking, and he said that um, their relationship was so in sync and they had so fellowship that even when Adam was naming the animals, it was basically what God was thinking. So that was their intimacy. And what did the enemy do? He came to break that intimacy, right? He came and he planted doubt through Eve and says, hmm, does God, why would God tell you not to eat the tree of the good and evil? He planted doubt. And that's what the enemy always does is after your intimacy. So he comes up to plant doubt because the more you trust, the more you're open, the more closer and intimate you are with someone. The times we trust God the most, that's the time we're more intimate with him, right? So not just even sin, even in believing God for something, what does the enemy do? He comes to tell you all the time that this time around it will not come true. And then you begin to have unbelief. And then it begins to break your communion, your intimacy with God. Because you're like, and some people get offended, especially maybe they prayed for something and the outcome was totally different. They do not even trust God that despite the outcome, God is a good father and all things work together for God. So the enemy is constantly after your intimacy. So even if he comes in through doubt to you, doubt everything that God has said, to doubt all his commandments, to doubt everything, your belief system. And so in this scenario, we, hear, we see um, Adam in the cool of the day. Sorry, Adam in, in the garden. By this time, they have already eaten and sinned. And... As I believe is as the custom would be, um, I think before that it says, God, before verse 8, it says, God came down in the cool of the day. I want to believe that that was the custom of God. God would just come down and just want to have fellowship as it should with man, with Adam. But this time around, something was different when he came down. Adam was not there, right? Adam was not there. And, but the funny thing that interests me about this story is that didn't, didn't, God already knew Adam had sinned, right? But he still came down. He still kept his part of his agreement, so to speak, because he enjoys communion. He enjoys the fellowship. He delights in it. So he still kept his own side of the agreement, but he couldn't find Adam. And that's why he asked him and he says, where are you, Adam? Like, where are you? This is our time together. This is our fellowship. Where are you? And I remember one story Pastor Moses shared here a number of times about a lady who really loved God, really loved God, and she was struggling with a besetting sin, right? And she was struggling with an affair with a, an ex who is married. And so she had this um, um, prayer time in her house, like a prayer altar in her room. 
where I remember the story where she would pray at a certain time and commune with God and, you know, love on God and have, have fellowship with God. But every time, once in a while, she would have this affair with this guy. The guy would come around. But that would eat her up. She would be so filled with guilt and condemnation that it would be so hard for her to connect. And on this occasion, it happened again. It's like the guy came to town. I don't really, I can't remember but the details, but that's the summary. And she had an affair with him again. And this time around, she goes home and crying and couldn't do her time in fellowship. And it was time. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit wakes her up and says to her, where are you? He didn't even talk about what had happened. He says, where are you? Come, like, this is our time, our fellowship. Where are you? And she was so surprised, like, okay. You know, that's what the enemy tries to paint, that God is so angry with you. With what? Yes, he may not like what you've done, but he keeps his own side of the agreement because he enjoys your fellowship and the relationship with you. And he says, where are you? I'm waiting for you. He didn't even mention that she had done that. You know why? Because he knows that in the place of intimacy, I'll fix you up. He knows that it's in the place of intimacy, I'll restore you. He knows that it's in the place of intimacy, I'll make you better. So don't run away, don't hide. Where are you? That was the question the father was, uh, was asking her. The Holy Spirit nudged her. Come back, let's have a fellowship. I've already sorted out the sin problem. I've sorted it out through the cross. I've sorted that out. But don't jeopardize my fellowship time with you because I delight in it. It's in the place of intimacy. I'll make you whole. And so for everyone, you know, sometimes we feel like I walk in the corporate world sometimes and hmm, I feel like the times I get most overwhelmed and I have anxiety, I always check my intimacy level, those seasons. I always check it. Because those are the seasons that I'm carrying the walk on top of my head, right? I'm jumping when my boss says jump, and I will really have even time. And intimacy is beyond just having a special time where you pray to God. It's just connecting with the Father daily. I have conversations during communion, but sometimes we get so busy, right? And I notice that those times when I'm most overwhelmed, most anxious, is when my intimacy level is dropping with the Father. I'm not in real in sync in connection. And the funny thing is that some I saw a video you posted that says that God fixes your exhaustion in intimacy, in the place of fellowship. And that's one thing we don't realize. We carry this walk on top of our head. And we don't realize that God is, the, God is interested in the walk. He's interested in blessing you. He is the one that said, I will bless the works of your hands. He's the one that says, I will prosper you. Right? So it's in the place of intimacy also. He will teach you how to even deliver the job excellently better. How to not be overwhelmed. It's in that place of intimacy. God corrects it. He reveals deep things to you. Deep secrets that you don't even know in the place of intimacy. So why do we jeopardize that? Why do we make that last? The place of intimacy is so crucial in our journey with God. It's so crucial. And God wants to, as much as he's a lover, he wants to open himself to you. He wants to be like, you know, he wants, he delights in your intimacy with him. He delights in it. 
It's a relationship. And so many people don't see God in that perspective. But he delights in intimacy with man. And so even in this service, God is looking for men and hearts who want to work with him intimately so he can pour himself. He wants to reveal the beauty of the multifacetedness of God that you don't even understand. He wants to reveal the beauty of his face. He loves it. You know. And... But the enemy fights it so much. He fights that intimacy. And it's a trust thing. And God is saying in this service, he wants to fix. He wants to fix. He wants to restore back intimacy. Because it's from that place, everything flows. It's from that place, everything works. It's from that place, you become a better father. It's from that place, you become a better mother. It's from that place, you become a better employee. It's from that place of intimacy with father. When you are in sync with the father, it's from that place, you leave out your, fulf your fulfillment and your best life is from the place of intimacy. Everything flows there. And let's look at Enoch. Genesis 5, verse 23. If we have the NLT um, version. Verse 24. And it says, And Enoch worked with God, and he was no more, for God took him. Before... That mass, um, this is chapter 5. If you read chapter 4, the end of chapter 4, you realize that um, there had been a disconnect with the, that generation and God. And in that end of chapter 4, they said men began to call upon God, right? Men began to call upon God. And then it goes to the genealogy of Enoch. But as men were calling upon God, not everybody worked with God. Enoch pushed further than calling upon God to desire to work with God, to desire an intimate relationship with the Father. And so that's why I said before, you could be in close proximity with God and you're not working with him intimately. You could even be in this service and you're not working with God intimately, right? So Enoch pushed further in his desire from just calling on God to desire an intimate relationship with the Father, to work with the Father. And he says, and he was not, for God took him. You know, there are many um, concepts about it. Some people feel that um, maybe Enoch was so holy and God had to take him away from the evil world. But I just look at it in an intimate way. I believe that Enoch and God were so in love with themselves. They were so in love with themselves. Just like a man and a husband and a wife who live in two distance, right? And I want to believe that the flesh was even a barrier for Enoch because he was in another realm all the time. He was working with God and even the flesh became like a barrier. So just like a husband and a wife who are so in love with themselves and the husband is out there probably in America and the wife is here. And one day the wife is like, oh, man, I'm tired of this distance. She shuts down her work, shuts down everything, packs her luggage and calls the husband and says, I want to be with you now. And the husband says, come, 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 come. Right? And just hops in the next flight and goes. I believe that Enoch and God had such, that, such, such a relationship like that. That even God himself was so in love with Enoch. That God could not withhold anything from Enoch. 
So even if Enoch had asked him for anything, oh God, Enoch had a soft spot, like had God's soft spot, and God was like, ah, this 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 one will put me in. You know, you know when you say your mumu button. <laughs> This person has my mumu button. And God could not withhold anything from Enoch. And I want to believe that Enoch too was asking God and says, God, I want to see you. I can't even stay in this flesh anymore. I want to see you. I want to be with you because of how close their relationship was. And God said, come. And God took him. Because God could not say no to Enoch. Because you can't see God with flesh. Because even when Moses asked God, God said, no, you know, I'll show you my back. God was like, oh, you can't see me with the flesh. I'll show you my back instead. But this time with Enoch, God took him because I believe that they were so in love with each other and they had such a relationship that God could not say no to him. And God says, come, let's go. And so we can work with God intimately. That is God's desire. And today's message is an invitation by the Father to work with him intimately. God is looking for Enoch in this generation. God is looking for men and women who will be so in sync where he'll pour himself out upon. God is looking for men. That is the highest goal. You know, he, when he created man, he created a partner, a working partner. He created man for companionship together, two of you, intimate, working together. Do you trust him? Intimacy comes with trust. It comes with vulnerability. It comes with openness. You must trust the Father. That he delights and he desires this intimate relationship with you. Something happened to me. That's why I kind of relate trust to intimacy. Three weeks ago, the Lord spoke to me about a situation and told me to let go. It was hard. And I started negotiating with God. I said, my emotions are involved in this situation, Lord. Can it be a soft landing, like the letting go be a process, not a brush? And for some reason, God was not having it. He wanted it like, let go. I said, let go. And so, but I, I said, no. I was trying to still negotiate and let him like kind of like let's have the same um let him accept to it and all of a sudden i noticed that and i couldn't pray anymore you know i'm someone that you know i'm always conversing with god even at, even at work and everything you know um i function better from that place of intimacy when i'm connected you know and so i knew that this would affect our connection and but I was almost like okay this time around I was almost ready for the consequences right <laughs> so I could not pray for one almost one week I stopped praying I'm like you know I couldn't connect because each time I would try to pray it's like that that is it that is what God wanted me to do and I was avoiding that and so I went on for a week it was very hard I had a tough week three weeks ago, and I pray with a group of people, like about three of us, Saturday morning, about 5.30, right? Because I was not flowing, I did not want to join the prayer meeting. And I was like, oh, thank God I'm not even leading, because I will, it will be a struggle for me. And, and I said, ah, let me not carry my quarrel with God, with these two people that I pray with. 
and not join. Let me still join in. And so I joined the prayer meeting. But I was just like, you know when you just use tongues to just, you know there was no connection. You just, just to, I was looking at the time, like when would this, when would this prayer meeting end? Because I was struggling deeply. In 15 minutes to the prayer meeting, <laughs> one, the person who was leading just starts prophesying. I say, God, what? You want to embarrass me now? <laughs> just says, saying, Esther, Esther, Esther. The Lord is saying, why haven't you let go? I say, ah, why haven't you let go? But something interesting happened. The Lord did not call me out for the disobedience. He just said, the Lord is saying, why don't you trust me? Why don't you trust me? What I'm telling you to let go is so minute to what I have in store for you. The more, the depth and what I want you to do with me and how, you know, the more I have for you, the access I want in you. Like what I'm asking you to let go and you're mourning that. Why don't you trust me? He kept repeating for over like five minutes, the Lord is saying, you don't trust me. I didn't realize it was a trust issue. It was like, you don't trust me. And I broke down and I'm, it was almost like, I was like, okay, God, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I've heard. I've heard. I would do it. I would do it. But when I broke down, you know, the whole atmosphere, I just became so light. Like, you know, when you missed your father, I was like, oh, everything just flowed. And I was so excited. And um, I remember I went out, came back in the evening, and I was having conversations with, the God, with God. And it was from there even the message came, intimacy, because I had missed the father, not spoken to him for long. <laughs> And so I'm like, God, I didn't realize that it was even a trust issue here. I didn't realize I didn't trust you. That's why I was struggling with letting go. And, you know, I was like, I'm really sorry. And so um, that's the message today. <laughs> it says a father's invitation. A journey of intimacy. God wants to restore as many of you who feel disconnected. As many of you who feel distant. Maybe you feel, maybe it's things that, situations that happened that made you distrust God. Maybe an outcome you expected did not happen exactly. And so your relationship, your intimacy is shaken. Or for some of you, you don't even know how to connect with God intimately, deeply. This morning, the Father wants to fix our hearts. He wants to restore our intimacy. He wants you to draw near. He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Let us pray this morning. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.